He's so good. He's so good with his words. He's patient. He's the kind that, like, he'll never go to bed angry. He will talk all night about it. I've been up for three days. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ilaria Baldwin. And I'm Alec Baldwin. And this is our podcast, What's One More? If you use the internet and you're obsessed with memes, you probably know our next guest. Tank Sinatra is an author, comedian, and meme maker with over 10 million loyal and engaged followers. He is considered one of the most visible people on the internet and is truly a larger-than-life personality. Tank runs some of the biggest meme accounts on Instagram, including Tank Sinatra, Influencers in the Wild, and Tank's Good News, which are some of the most followed and shared pages online. We wanted to invite Tank and his wife, Jessica, for a chat about parenting, relationships, and using humor as a force for good. Here's our conversation with Tank Sinatra and his wife, Jessica. So you have a 14-year-old. Yes. And what? when did you come into your 14-year-old's life? She was four, she almost was four. five. Yeah. And now yeah. she's 14, almost 28. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. It is wild. It is wild you I'm, have two together. We yeah. have the two boys together. Yep. She's from my first marriage and... And and that's a, but that's a very different thing. Cause I came into Ireland's life when Ireland was like fourteen, fifteen. She was fifteen. Ireland and I have had a, an amazing relationship, because and we've never had one fight. Really? Um, never had one fight. But I think that the the dynamics were were different. I wasn't the next girlfriend after him and her mom split up. I wasn't, and I never tried to be her mom. And that was something I could do because she lived on the other side of you know, the country and we could almost be girlfriends. We're 11 years difference. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got a big age difference between, no, we don't, two years, two years and that's it between the two of us. <laughs> um, but it's been interesting. And then she's Ireland's like a really- mother is older than your mother. Yes. Right. There's a lot of weird math going it's on weird. It's crap. like a little weird. Thank God I'm not good at math. I know, yeah. right? You know what? We're all people. It's fine. It's fine. And was your ex around? Yeah. He He's is around. around. He's in her dad. life. Yep. Right. Yep. He's very involved. We actually all- He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good, look, He's a good guy. Just not right. What advice do you have for people who are in that? Because people will, would write to me all the time and say, how do you have a good relationship with your, with your stepdaughter and with the whole, the whole unit, the whole family unit. But I think I'm in a very privileged place in terms of uh, she's got a good mom and I wasn't ex, I wasn't stepping into mom's shoes. Now, do I, am I a role model for her in some ways? Probably, you know, am I somebody who she's going to call when she's having a tough time? Yes. You know, I mean, there's certain things where I do come in and I am the stepmother, but I never, because she was older, I didn't have to parent. Whereas you come into, you know, your daughter's life and she's little, you know, and she's going to be there forever present. She's under the same roof. It's a completely different situation. So what advice do you give to people who are struggling or are maybe not struggling, but are sort of curious about that situation? For me, I really wanted them to establish their own relationship. He never wanted to be her dad. He always just wanted to be a step in mm-hmm. parent. So I think that is, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially when there's a child under the roof, you know, you want to be that parental uh, person in their life. And, you know, with the discipline and the, you know, m- micromanaging, because, you know, each kid has a different personality. So here you have not a biological child. So you're not. You know, it takes a whole lot of getting used to and learning delicate, that person. Delicate. It yeah. is a very delicate situation. And I think he's done a really good job um, kind of taking the backseat and letting me and her father really 
Um, Especially this age. At this age, you know, it's hard. And she's got a great relationship with him and she's got a lot of respect for him. He, yeah, we were just screaming at each other the other night. But that was great. It resolved so <laughs> fast. Yeah. It was so such a breakthrough. He's so good. He's so good with his words. He's patient. He's the kind that like he'll never go to bed angry. Mm -hmm. He will talk all night about I've it. I've been up for three days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, we talk a lot about forgiveness, too. And I think yeah. as I get older and navigating through the different relationship, even with her father and the stepmom and no one's perfect. You you we guys all suck. also were very good with her in that you always put her first and you didn't treat her like a pawn in your war to hurt each other. You know what I mean? Like I've seen that in relationships where people use the child to try. Have and, you? Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no names, but <clears throat> I've seen that before. And you guys always, you didn't, it wasn't business, but it was almost businessy because like you guys always were like, whatever it takes to make her happy. And he, Joe, I got very lucky. I always, from the very start, knew that I stepped into a good situation because this guy could have been a piece of garbage. Right. And it would have been a very different situation. Yep. Very different. Yep. Right from the start. So it wasn't. He was already remarried, which was helpful because he wasn't like some guy on the outside like, oh, you got my girl, bro. I'm going to make your life hell. You got both my girls, my wife and my daughter. You know, he was already on his way yeah. in, in his new life. I think if I came around now when Liana was 14, very different situation. You've been there how long now? 10 years. Right, that's huge. That's she was four. Yeah. She didn't really have much of a say right. at that time. We also got married within six months of dating. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we, I mean, we, I, I dated all through my 20s, not maniacally, but pretty, you know, I was looking for something. I was looking for someone to have a life with. And yeah. then- You were on the slopes. You were on the slopes. I was on the slopes, yeah. And then, and then I heard somebody say something. A lot of stuff happened. Boom, boom, boom. And I heard somebody say, this is very cliche at this point in my life, but they said, stop, you know, trying to find the right person. Worry about being the right person. At that point, I had- you know, done enough work on myself in areas of my life where I knew that, all right, maybe I'm choosing these people that have everything I say I don't want because they represent everything in me that I don't like about myself. And this is what I think I deserve. Mm -hmm. So I had done a bunch of stuff. I came back from California where I lived for a year. I met her. And I think on like our second date, I was like, you know, I had nothing to lose. I was like, how do you feel about this? What's your, you know, how's your, what's your credit like? How do you feel about abortion? You believe in God. It was like real, like stuff that I wouldn't, I'd be terrified to ask anybody because right. God forbid we disagreed. Right. I wouldn't be able to kiss this pretty girl. Right. You know what I mean? And she wouldn't like me. Right. Or whatever. But something, she answered these questions in a way that wasn't right or wrong. It was just what I was looking for. Right. And within six months, we were married 10 years later. We just celebrated our 10 year anniversary and things are literally better than they've ever been. But she, so I had a list of like 70 things that my therapist had recommend I do. <laughs> he, he didn't tell me to write down 70 things. He probably meant like 10 or 12 Dad, things. You're like, I will. Have to I wrote down seven, seven and you added a zero. I was like, I'll go nuts. That's what I do. I'm pretty extreme. <laughs> so we were talking one day and I was like, what do you do? What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? I'm like, she's like, I'm like, do you listen to music? Do you dig for hours in, you know, music stores? Do you watch movies 10 times over and over again? And do you go to concerts? And she's like, you know, no, not really. I was like, what do you do? And she said the magic answer. This was one of the things. I think I've told you this before, but I'll tell you again. Um, she goes, I don't know. I like to, you know, be a mom. I take care of my kids. Take care of the house. I go to work. And I was, and at that point, 
it's a bad example, but it's a good example. It's a horrible example, actually. But it was as if I was still drinking and I had found a designated driver for the rest of my life. Because mm-hmm. I could do all this dumb stuff still. I could listen to Jay-Z for 10 hours a day or do all these things. We can't both be on Genius.com looking up what Jay-Z lyrics really mm-hmm. mean eight hours a day. Like somebody's got to do the stuff that needs to be done. Right. And I don't leave it Someone all Someone has on. to be the adult in Someone's the relationship. Someone's got to be the adult, <laughs> yeah. And she has, in the bio that I sent last night, she continually teaches me how to be an adult. Right. She is a beacon. I think I said a beacon of productivity. Like if a task needs to be done, she does it without a second of hesitation. Right. I, I mean, hesitation. Procrastinator. Oh my God, dude. Why did you want to get married again? Great question. Well, I was very happy. Well, I had been in the dating world and it was hard to find somebody that wanted somebody with a child. So I was actually, when I met him, I was content with being single for the rest of my life. I just wanted to be happy. So, and in any of my past relationship, I was like, listen, if the moment I'm unhappy, I'm out of here. Like I'm not staying. I had got divorced. You know, there was a whole, you know, we were young and, you know, your brain's not fully developed till 25. And then once 25 hit, I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me rewind this tape. Yeah, let's uh, try things differently. And you know, I didn't want to wake up one day. I had a big fear of waking up one day saying, what the heck did I do with my life? Um, so saying that, you know, as a big fear, I was not about to waste my life. You know, I'd rather be happy. And I had my daughter and she was content. She even still talks about it. Today, remember when it was just me and you? Um, I do. And she's always joking around with him. You know, I was around before you. She's like, you're always stealing her away from me because girl time is very important to her. Right. You know, those late night chats. We're very close, which is good. I feel very blessed to have that because she tells me pretty much everything. And, you know, I've always saw her as a person. I'm not, I was never that woman who wanted to get married and have tons of children and children were not even a thought on my mind. Like I wasn't like, Oh, I can't wait to have children. I can't wait. You know, it just kind of happened. I was married and that's what you do next with him. You know, I knew I wanted a baby with him and I was good with the, with the two. I had my boy, I had my girl. And um, I don't want to say that I don't feel very good with kids. I just, I find it hard to balance it all to be a mom, a daughter, a wife, you know, and now you're a parent to all these kids. It's like, how do you balance it all out? So that's something that I do struggle with. Um, so then what's one more? Mm-hmm. You have another one. And it really has been the biggest the blessing. And I did that more because I was I litigating loved, for the third one. That was pure love. Lobbying. I fought with him for a while because I'm like, I'm good. Like, I'm not a big kids person. I don't even how know what to the do. Youngest? He's four now. And he's just, he's just delectable. You were badly in love with him. I'm so well, in love with him. You never want to send them. I mean, maybe there's like moments where um, you don't like them very much, but like you never really want to send them back. So never. Like, we, it's never a regret. We had the eight-year-old and then almost immediately I wanted to have another kid. Not immediately, immediately, but maybe like a year after yeah. I started planting seeds mentally, not physically, but mentally I'm like, you know, maybe, you know, whatever. And instantly she'd be like, nope, not having another kid. My body, my choice, not going to have another kid. Not going to happen. Whatever, dude, get out of my face. She was like really (laughs) aggressive. Yeah. And then finally one day we left a movie and there was a kid, a baby in the movie. And I, we were driving away and I was like, wouldn't it be nice if we had another baby? And she was like, nope, not going to happen. My body, my choice, whatever. She wasn't saying that, but that was the, that was the vibe (laughs) she was giving off. And I pulled the car into the parking spot and I was like, listen, you don't have to bike 
get pregnant right now. You don't even actually have to get pregnant ever, but you can't do that thing that you do anymore. You have to at least humor the conversation mm-hmm. and like, listen to me when I say things like that, because you're it. Like, I don't, I'm not going to go anywhere else. You know what I mean? I'm not going to like leave you and go get pregnant somewhere else. So you don't have to do it, but you have to at least have the conversation with me. So after all that badgering, I don't want to call it whatever it was. She says, okay, fine. Lobbying. Lobbying. Yes. Lobbying, litigating. She gets pregnant like that or I, whatever, the combination of us very, very quick. So after all that, we went on a cruise, right? Mm-hmm. We went on a cruise. I am upstairs the night after we get back from the cruise. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe like GJ just got out of diapers. Maybe we're good. You know, maybe we're good. Maybe we don't need another baby. She comes upstairs with a box and gives me the, the pregnancy test. And it Aww. says positive. And Aww. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> you don't get to make all the decisions. Maybe she was right. She's not a vending machine. <laughs> I was on that cruise Googling. Machine. Now I'm an esthetician. So I've been doing this for 20 years. Uh. Other reasons why melasma comes out. Oh my God. My <laughs> Any reason was other than yes. being pregnant. Don't there you love that no some... matter how many kids you have, it's all of a sudden the Google, like, is it normal that I'm <laughs> nauseous? And is it normal that I'm this? And is it normal than that? And then you have to call all your girlfriends and be like, wait, what do you think? But Bennett really is like, he's, I mean, what? He had, I, he had to be here. No. He, she, she had acupuncture the whole time. Every week she was pregnant with him, he came out like, yeah, he was perfectly. Yeah, everything meant to be. Yeah, meant to be. Now I want to know because I mean I find this fascinating. You had another career. You were you had a fencing company. I you was worked a for salesman for a fencing company. For a fencing yeah. company out on the yeah. island. Yep. And when did this transition in your life happen? And how? And and it sounds to me like you, you had, any of this Didn't memes and social me. media. Yeah, you quit the fencing career. It was gradual, and then it was instant. So. The long story condensed is that no matter what I've done, I've had like, I don't know, I, I've tried to count it a couple of times. It's like, it's got to be like 60 jobs over the course of my life. From the first job at Little Smitty's Bagel Place that I got fired from after three days for giving my friend a Yoohoo because he told me he was going to give me a car wash and I was 14. I didn't even have a car. Um, Connie told on me I got fired. I understood very quickly that like businesses are in business to make money. From that job to where I am today, I've had many jobs, but I've always, whether I was waiting tables, um, selling mortgages, selling fence, I've always had something on the side because my brain just, it's not satisfied with mm, this, Mm -hmm. like whatever's in front of me until now. Because what I do now is satisfies the creative thing and the business side. When did it start? The meme thing started in 2015. Um, How? I reached out to a guy named the Fat Jewish on Instagram. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. I emailed him. So this is just another, it's, it's another step in the series of bold moves that I've made in my life where I cold emailed him and said, hey, one of the things you just posted on Instagram, I just saw it on Reddit. Do you need help curating stuff? At this point, curation was still totally fine. It then became plagiarism, it then became stealing and that became frowned upon. So anyway, I said, do you need help? He emailed me back within two minutes. He said, yes, I need a a lot of help, actually. I have this going on, that going on. Could you help me? And I sent him like 20 pieces of content. He goes, you could do this every day? I said, I could do this every hour. So he wrote me back. He said, yeah, you're hired or whatever. I wasn't getting money, but I started sending him stuff. Then he started reposting memes that I was making and sending him and tagging me on his page. Mm -hmm. And then my page grew to like 300,000 in a year. 
Now, I had had a blog in 2002, another blog in 2004, a video blog in 2009, a website in 2012 that I won a, a Webby Award for. This is not my first time trying something. It was just the first time that, that worked. So this had a very high value to me. I wasn't going to squander this opportunity. So the one thing I think that I've always taken very seriously is community and relationships. So instantly I started networking with other meme pages and saying, hey guys, I'm Tank. You guys make great stuff. Let's all talk and get to know each other and just keep in touch. Then how do you monetize it? Back then there was no monetization. Right, right. Um, I remember the Fat Jewish did an ad. It made the news. He did an ad for Craftsman Tools during the Super Bowl that right. was in the news. So basically owning an Instagram page is, or any website or anything, whenever you have eyeballs and attention, you know, it's like 20, 30 years ago, it's like owning a TV station, right. except I have none of the overhead. I don't own a building mm -hmm. in New York City. Staff. I don't have staff. And there's no... You know, I don't want to belittle it, but the Nielsen ratings are as accurate as they can be. But Instagram insights are like to the eyeball. Right. I know for a fact that 2 million people saw this post. If you tried to sell a commercial spot on a show that had 2 million viewers now, you're talking about, you know, The Late Show. You're not talking about like some little nonsense show on Comedy Central. Comedy Central, if I think the, um, what was that show with Alana, Alana and the other girl, Broad City. I think their, their season premiere had like 800,000 viewers. A commercial spot is 30 grand, $35,000. So the numbers that we charge are less than that. Not, you know, not a crazy amount less, but it's just- that's But it's the, working. That's the business side to me. That's the right. part that I like, the sales part. When brands reach out to me and I get to start going into like sales mode, business guy. So that's one way. Instagram is starting to monetize IGTV and- I have a Snapchat tile for influencers in the wild coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my god, this must yeah. be so funny. Tank's good news is I just brought on two partners for that page. Uh, Brandon Ralph is a guy that I went to high school with. Ironically, um, he was a co-founder of an agency called Code and Theory, who launched Huffington Post and mm -hmm. Mashable, The Daily Beast. He's just an uh, icon of creativity. He's a really smart guy. And Kelly Brandt is the owner and uh, editor of Interview Magazine. So them on my, t on my team, we have a big 2022 lined up. And then there's a board game for Influencers in the Wild coming out, which is the thing I'm probably most oh, excited about. Oh, that's so funny. Wait. Yeah, I'm like, that's, that's my biggest, that's like my child, my fourth child. You're, you're for, uh, yeah. It's probably your childhood coming through. Oh, yeah. I think also with the good news, that helps me so much. I mean, this has been... For everybody, such a hard, hard, hard time, regardless of really? where, like, <laughs> you know, regardless, everybody's like, well, you could have it worse. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean it doesn't, it isn't difficult. Um, and just to have that good news, I mean, I'm sure you hear from that. It puts a smile on my face multiple yeah. And the fact that you can just like have it at your fingertips and be like, oh, I'm going to go to like a happy place. It's really, Me really, too. really, it, it really changes my, my minute, you know? And even if it's just a minute, and then the next shitty thing, you know, then you open up the news and you're like, oh, shit, this is not thanks. Good news. <laughs> I'm assuming you were always funny and you must have driven you crazy being in the fencing business and you're being funny. You feel much more of a release now that you can exercise your sense of humor um, publicly. To be honest with you. So when I waited tables, I was I made money because I've made my customers laugh. Right. When I sold fence, I sold fence because I made my customers laugh. I fantasize about getting a job sometimes because I miss 
people. That's why when Cal, Cal was like, you know, if it's hard for you guys to get out here because of the city and we can do Zoom. And I was like, I'm going to pretend I didn't. No life. <laughs> we have no life. Fuck? No, we are dying kids. to get out of yeah. the house. Us too. We were going to, we're coming. Yeah. We'll Zoom from the car. No, this was so, <laughs> this was like the most exciting thing. I mean, and I've told so many people that you guys are coming. Oh. And um, because I'm, I send you, because like everybody else, I send your memes around to everybody. And you're, it's like, there's like, it's funny and it's joyful and it's not mean spirited, which like sometimes you see memes out there that are just mean spirited, which well, I'm getting really. Give it the blow. <laughs> 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 now, now, what is, what is a drawback if you can, if there is one? You, you build out this life you have now. You stop doing your regular job and you're doing this interesting stuff. Yeah. But what's a drawback? Like, what do you find is something that just annoys the shit out of you about the internet, the people out there? People are yeah. the worst. Oh, my God. They're the worst. It's unbelievable. I had, man, I mean, it's, it's definitely every day. Um, it's just a matter of the, the intensity of it. Sometimes it's at a five. Sometimes it's at a seven. Sometimes it's at a 10. Mm -hmm. Very rarely do I allow myself to get it to attend. Actually, I think it was probably four years ago, I was in this office meeting with Gary Vaynerchuk and he was so far ahead of me because he's been a public personality on the internet for so long that he was like, ah, just meet him with compassion. Feel bad for him. There's sick people. There's sick people out there. And I know from you know my own personal experience dealing with plenty of sick people um, that yes, you meet the, you know, there are some are sicker than others, right? Yeah. And you deal with people who are, Maybe you don't judge them and you don't get mad at them because they don't know any better, right? Yeah. And I've also been there when I was struggling and I would lash out at somebody because I could, I can access them. So I don't know. It, it depends on really what kind of day I'm having. Like we only fight only if both of us are in a bad mood mm -hmm. and both of us are having a bad day. If I'm okay, if I'm spiritually fit and walking properly, and she's not, or she's in a, having a, a bad day or a bad whatever, I can manage it and whatever, and vice versa. If right. I'm doing bad and she's not, and she's doing fine, we don't feed into it. It's only when we're both not doing well. So if I'm not doing well and I see a shitty comment or get a bad DM, right. I'm like, what's your address? I'm, gonna come, I'm coming there right, right now. I'm no, gonna, but, but it's interesting how you people don't think, I mean, this is an, an urgent path you've got to get on because when I first started in this business many, many years ago, there was no internet and there was certainly, certainly wasn't social media as we recognize it now. So where yeah. people can just from some anonymous source, you know, some from, uh, um, we love the anonymous, nest, the anonymous sources. Yeah, from some, some <laughs> sniper's nest, they can just hurl all this stuff at you and they, they think that it doesn't affect you. Now, 90% of it doesn't affect me. If you, if you say things about me, I'm, there's nothing you can say to me that I haven't heard already. But if you say things about my wife and my family, you know, and, and you realize you have to overcome what is a natural inclination. You know, my natural inclination is, why don't you come find me and I'm going to snap your fucking neck. You, know, you just go. You know what I mean? Like in your mind, you go. In your mind, you get really upset about somebody saying something horrible about my family or my wife or whatever, my daughter. And then you just realize, I mean, I will literally write the, the response. I'll write it and just go, delete. Yeah. It's you a know, good feeling. I mean, I really, really just say to myself, I, you, you have to realize that don't engage. There's a lot of sick people out there yeah. who are miserable. And they, just, and, and they just love being able to say something to me. To, to rattle you. Well, it's also me, a little bit of- That you know I'll see. I have a chance to see it. It's also a little a bit of, of a wild, wild west right now where once you have your brand, 
and you have created something that people realize is, is money, they want to blow your ship out of the water. Yeah. So they want to find some way to get in there to rattle you, to have lots of people rattle you, and then be able to to take you down. And I think that's the crazy thing. Once you start a page and you realize you've gone from being a person to a brand. And that's something that I've I've learned really recently, the idea that people would call me a brand versus, oh, no, it's just me. <laughs> it's just me. And I mean, maybe because, well, how did you come up with the name Tank Sinatra? I'm big and I have blue eyes. I'm from New York. <laughs> and yeah, he's a tank. 250 pounds of... Of, of love. Of love and humor. <laughs> I really, when, romance. I, when I set out, I was 25 years old and I, and I remember thinking my mission in life is to make people realize that you can be, I remember being young and seeing guys like meatheads back in, there's no more meatheads really anymore. In the nineties, there was meatheads everywhere. I used to go to the sound factory or exit and it was like a bodybuilding show. I don't see that anymore. Anyway, side, side note. So I wanted people to realize you can be big almost like a gentle giant yeah. in real life and be nice. Yeah. Just because I'm big doesn't mean that I'm, I'm going to be a jerk to everyone just because I can. And also you can be kind, compassionate, spiritual, all those things and not be like a, you know, fucking ponytail, you know, namaste, yeah. yoga pants guy. Right. There's you a middle can, ground. Yes. There's a normal guy from New York who will turn up if he needs to, but would much, much rather be your friend. I think be easy. Than yeah. an adversary, yeah. for sure. What's your relationship to the internet? Oh, that's Ooh, a great That's one. a great question. Great yeah. question. Great we question. We were just talking about this in the car. Yeah, because I'm on it, but I really am not. It's so healthy. Don't. I really, I just don't have the energy, I guess. You know, if I go on there, I'll scroll through the first couple posts, but I really, I'm not a digger. Yeah. I just don't have the, the headspace to dive that deep Why into bother? it. I no. really don't. And- I have a pers- um, business page and I do post because I like to post genuine results. Right. Like I want to see real results. That's all I care about. So if I post, it's like real results. I'm not looking to fluff it up, but I'll post and then I'll disappear. And then I'll post. It's not, that's not how I make my business. Right. I'm all word of mouth. Right. And I like to be, pro- like I'm a, I'm a quiet person. Like I'm not, you know, I don't like to put myself totally out there and, you know, I'm just more private. That's all. And um, I think putting yourself out there, I just, you know, he used to post pictures of me. They used to call me a man. It's like, we used to be very into bodybuilding together. So, you know, I was shredded with muscles as well. And it's like, oh, she's a dude. You know, it's just, I don't need that. And, and you know, that doesn't post anything about me anymore. And you know, that's a lot of other women, other women saying this. Yeah. Yeah. I no, just, it's, and not so that that even bothered me. I just, I don't have the headspace for that or say, the energy. I have to say that I, for myself, I got sick of being like, oh, that doesn't bother me. Like, of course it bothers me. If you're saying something mean for the purpose of being mean and yeah. you're just trying to tear, I'm here living my life and you're exactly. just but trying have, to tear me Have you me ever down. responded to somebody and they go, oh my God, I can't believe you responded. I'm such a big fan. Yes, but I've had yeah. all of it. Or they're it's like, so or or they're like, how dare you respond to me and tell me what you think? This is a one way street. You're up there in their mind, and they just want to shoot up. And you, not even if you're shooting, if you say with compassion of like, hey, you know what? <clears throat> this was like not a nice thing to say. I used to post um, mean comments and have my response. <laughs> That's great. And then I learned like you should block out their name and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So you are on, uh, you are on Instagram. Yeah. 
And not on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. You are on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You have a good for me I have no engagement on Twitter. No. If I post something I get like 14 likes. Yeah. If I put something on Instagram I get 150,000 likes. Twitter's tough. Yeah, Twitter's really well, Twitter people want you on and just ranting all day long. They want you just press press. Twitter's press. a different ecosystem. TikTok's a different ecosystem. TikTok's fun. TikTok is just a very um convenient good video editing software in my mind. Okay. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you Thank for you. having us. I hope one of the things that you guys got from this interview is what amazing energy this couple has. They are so kind. They are funny. They are spiritual and very wise in terms of their yin and yang energy and their just coming together on on different subjects, realizing that it's not going to always be good, but they want it to be good. And I mean, for me, for myself, I learned a lot from it and I was very inspired by them. The thing I love that he said was that he missed dealing with people. When he had his career as a salesman for a fence company on Long Island, he was dealing with people. And now he has that distance from his audience on the on the Internet. But he's an incredibly funny guy. And I'm looking forward to his TikTok page. I'm not on TikTok, but that might be reason enough to get on TikTok. What do you say? Are you on TikTok? Me? No, I'm way, I'm too old for that. We got to go on TikTok <laughs> to follow Tank. I barely, like, I'm the most low-tech person. The fact that I figured Instagram out is a really amazing thing. You know what I'm going to say right now? Thanks for joining us, guys. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And share the show with your friends and help us grow. 